healer we are here for another episode of ask a healer and this heart check is with the beautiful dr sheena with embodied truth healing and she is an amazing licensed psychologist a coach a space holder uh, for body positivity and energy worker she's a writer she is a pioneer in the community and a fire starter and such a gentle energy with all that fire as well um, you are going to definitely enjoy her story medicine and i look forward to sharing with you why she is also one of my favorite humans so take some notes grab your favorite beverage and i'll see you on the other side Hello, Dr. Sheena. How are you? Good. How are you? I am well. What's going on? How's your heart today? Happy Tuesday. <laughs> right. Happy Tuesday, the day of focus. Um, oh, yes. Tune in Tuesday was, is what's my hashtag today. So I like that. Word, word. Yeah, I, I'm feeling good today. I'm noticing... Um, the birds are a little bit louder today, so I've been <laughs> enjoying that um, and just feeling really still and quiet. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, if you hear more birds, uh, more so in the form of children and laughter <laughs> and waves and water, I am out here at the beach. I had a beach session and decided to just sit here for a while. And L.A. is wide open today. So um, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I do hear all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're definitely going to ride it out. I said, man, there's a reason. we got this water in the background. So right. we're going to lean into this. But thank you for saying yes to this. I want to say again, um, and for those of you who are chiming in after the tuning, after the live I just had with Dr. Sheena on Sunday, uh, thank you for being here. So this is this is the healers after dark portion. That's, that's what it sort of feels like. We have story time, then we mix the story medicine, you know, and I tell them to come with their favorite tea or beverage and be ready to take some notes. So Sheena, I just want you to just honor this time as your time to also reflect on parts of your story of medicine that are still resonating with you that could serve as a medicine for other people. That's where we're going to, find, I mean, like really dive as I'm sitting in front of the ocean. Dive yes. in. So if you just take a few minutes and, and just give me a snapshot. Who is Dr. Sheena and how did you come to be Dr. Like, let's take, take a shortcut route there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay, let me really sit with that question. <laughs> um, so usually when I enter a space and I'm invited to speak, I um, introduce myself with a poem that I wrote um, while I was doing the work with young black girls in my time in Chicago. Um, it says, I am soft-spoken, but powerful. And um, I feel like that 
really captures a lot of my essence in just a few words. And also a lot of my story, um, specifically my story around the experience of being sensitive and the perceptions and um, the stories that people create <laughs> in their experience of me as sensitive. Um, and, and the ways in which those perceptions of sensitivity um, have people confused <laughs> about who I am. Um, I am originally from Houston, Texas. Shout out to the H. <laughs> and I was born and raised in Houston, but then raised between um, parts of Louisiana as well by the women in my family. Um, my mother's sister, she's the youngest of seven. Um, and I was a ball of light, um, a ball of moving light because I've been a, a mover um, my whole life as well. Um, and yeah, I, I was a kid who was very attuned to what was happening around me, um, very attuned to other beings um, that are in this realm and, and maybe tapping in and, and tuning into those in other realms. I always seemed to understand the energy of a room and what was being communicated even when there weren't words um, and even beyond my own lived yeah. experiences as a young one. And I feel like I've continued to grow and evolve and expand into that. Ah, talk about reading the room because that is a gift that cannot be taught. And um, I also is an, an ancestral medicine gift as well that comes through the bloodline. I'm glad you said something about those Louisiana women. <laughs> I have roots there as well. The islands and, and the Creole uh, parts of New Orleans and Louisiana. So we definitely resonate with each other there. I want to dig a little deeper in, in that, in just in that place, because there's a certain type of woman that comes from that tradition. No matter where she moves. And that rich, um, I'll say, curl, that uh, what was coined grits, you know, girls raised in the South, mm -hmm. um, and how certain traditions and mindsets come with that, as that being still a part of your story. Can you see parts of that? Can you see your mother and where you are now? Can you see your aunties and where you are now or your grandmother's? And the parts that you do see, um, or maybe don't see, how have they pushed you further into just being you, Dr. Sheena? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to acknowledge my aunts and my mom and my older sister for all the wisdom um, that I absorbed from them, the wisdom that they imparted intentionally. Um, yeah the wisdom that they imparted by being and, you know, living and um, making mistakes and, um, and uh, 
figuring it out, right? Yeah. And and yeah. heal and healing. Um, I absolutely see many of those things, um, many of those ways of being, many of those values um, in my being. And I also have um, had to do some healing around some of those values that I internalized um, and embraced as a part of my life that have been harmful. Yeah. Um, And so a little bit of both. Like, I think there's something about being raised in the South. The South has such a bad rep. Yeah. Um, But I think there's something raised about being in the South, particularly as a, a Black woman. I feel like we we know how to treat people. Yeah. Um, we know how to see people, how to acknowledge people, how to make them feel loved. Yeah. Um, in ways that I've lived in different parts of the country that I always experience um, as a culture shock, right? Right. The, like, right. In <laughs> the invisibility um, piece. Uh, yeah. I I also feel that I've learned. Things like being nice, um, uh, shrinking, um, prioritizing other people's comfort and um, pleasure in front of my own um, as a value system that is connected to worthiness and what it means to be a woman and um, a, a wife, perhaps a partner. Um, from the women in my family. Selflessness was something that you aspire to. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a game changer for me to reject that as um, an idea, an ideal or ideology or yeah, like aspirational quality for myself. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned. Um, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. There's two things that just rose up for me. Poetry. Thank you. (laughs) I wanted to say that a minute ago because I think, uh, and I'm going to tie this together back to this Southern upbringing and just what grits. um, Thank you for the resonation with the veil spirit right behind me. Yes, I (laughs) I say, oh. Um, But writing and poetry and spoken word and just taking that all the way back to the African tradition of the griot and storytelling and story medicine. I think that's all a part of the experience as well. I, I hope that you never relinquish that tradition in the way that you introduce yourself. So thank you for that. The second part of the acknowledgement is being raised in the South. And I, I was writing very quickly and you talked about the Southern, the, I would say the, the elevated perspective of being raised in the South and knowing how to treat people and knowing how to love and knowing how to serve, right? But there's always another end of the spectrum. So you talked about that niceness and that shrinking and putting other needs before yourself. I know that is heavily rooted in part of our ancestral history where we were born into serving other people. And that became a part of a lot of bloodlines and family lineages. And uh, I remember in one of my master's programs, I took this class that was called the Psychological Schedules of Slavery. 
mm-hmm. and part of our innate behavior. Like it's literally in our DNA. We mm-hmm. don't know we're shrinking when we are, but this is how we raise our children. This is what we tell our daughters. Like from the moment mm-hmm. we come out, we start breeding them to become wise. And that for being a grits, a girl raised in the South comes grit, comes with grief, comes with hardness comes with, um, you know, putting, the, I would say that savior complex and that martyrdom, mm-hmm. that, that this is how we live. And those of us who are, you know, living, ooh, manifestations of our grandmother's prayers, because I think even though they were living those lives and teaching those traditions, they were praying something different. They were praying something that looked different. They were praying for freedom and they were praying for you know, a release of limitations. And then we were born, we, Mm -hmm. as in you and I, as in the healers, right? We were born to say, you know what? I see the tradition and I I honor that. Um, But I also see the light in being able to be a grit, to be a girl raised in the South, to bring healing to those storylines as well. Can you say a little bit more about, and maybe highlight a personal experience where this actually like, came home to you, like a, a living ethical example with to take a tradition, alchemize it, and offer it back to yourself and others with, with more healing in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the words that come to mind are words that I say often, which is, you know, that we, our ancestors, um, and some of our elders, they had to forget in order to survive. Mm. Um, they, they, we didn't, um, we didn't come over here, right? Our, our, our ancestral lineage began before enslavement, yeah. Yeah. and so those things that I were na- I was naming um, that I feel have um, been passed down and and also insight. Um, harm and challenge in relationship and and the way of moving in the world, um, the ways that (laughs) the things that we do to over accommodate, right, to people please, all the the things that we were just naming, that those were um, survival skills. And um, I think the alchemy is in being able to identify that um, we have an opportunity to to live differently, right? Um, That in standing on their shoulders, we have the opportunity to thrive. Um, And so for me, the alchemy has, has been about doing the work of decolonization, which I talk about a lot. And I feel like, you know, it's such a buzzy, trendy word now. Sometimes when when things become trendy, um, they can lose their their power and their vibration because they it becomes saturated. Right. Um, But when I when I'm talking about decolonizing in this sense, I'm talking about the most intimate and personal examples of that which is to think about the the things that I have inherited um, that were passed down as gifts that were intended to be, you know, tools that helped me to navigate what my ancestors and elders were preparing me for, 
right? To, to like really stop and pause and ask myself, does this still fit? Is this still true? Yeah. Um, whether that means looking at, you know, religious and spiritual traditions that maybe there was fear around growing up because I was definitely the little girl that was um, asking questions like, well, what did we believe before we were bought over here on boats against our will? <laughs> like, what, what were we practicing? Like, what did we, what did, what did we believe in? So the fear is something that I have had to alchemize. And I am always, and if you could see me, you would see that I have tears in my eyes. I'm always so moved when I hear from my ancestors in different spaces and in different ways that they that they respect me, that they, they respect the way that I am moving and the way that um, the space that I am taking up in, in ways that they weren't able to. You know what? I believe that so much. <laughs> I believe I, I, oh, my chest is, is so full that I'm with you. Let me pause for a moment. Ancestors, I, I want to highlight something you just said ancestral respect mm-hmm. and them coming back and always here with us hovering. I say this to my clients a lot. It's not enough just to have an altar. It's not enough just to feed them and acknowledge them and and all of that. I believe, I know mine specifically, wait for instruction. They love the engagement. And when you just said that they respect me, they honor the path that I've chosen. I believe they are impressed. They are wowed. They are like, oh my God, look what she did with my life, with mm-hmm. my sacrifice, with my seeds, with mm-hmm. my prayers. Look what she did with that. Look what, and this is also the impression that, you know, my grandmothers and aunts would get in the kitchen when I, I would take one of their recipes and I put a twist to it and I add something <laughs> to it. You know, they, they come in there looking side-eyeing me like, okay, okay, I see you. And then they taste it. And then, you know, that silent approval from mm-hmm. them Southern aunties, they not right. say, I'm sorry. It's all in the and eyes and the, the, and the lips. And it's yes. in the lips and it's in the nod of the head. And my granny girl be like, mm. That's mm, okay. Okay. That's all she'll say. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you like that, don't you? Yeah, we okay, right? I, you're not going to tell me I was right, but you are going to acknowledge that it's okay. And I believe they do that. I believe that they want us to know that they do that as well. So thank you for acknowledging that. Oh, mm-hmm. ancestral medicine. While we are talking about ancestors, I want to bring something we just talked about. I met you at our point of origin. You had a network. Mm-hmm. And I've been uh, deep in my ancestors. <laughs> I called it the ancestral network. Um, but this healers network that you started years ago, mm-hmm. can you say a little bit about that? This was, again, a point of origin for you and I. And I didn't know much about you, but I saw a call and I responded to it. And I thought that maybe this was a part of ancestral work that you were doing because it's mm-hmm. so few and far between West Coast and just all parts of where we are, where I see just a directory of Black, Mm -hmm. Indigenous, people of color. Mm -hmm. 
who offer services that are so, I mean, just an array of options, but to be able to see that in one place. Can you say a little bit more about that Healers Network, the correct name? Yes, <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it originally came to be and was known as Healing Color. And mm -hmm. um, due to some things that came up, we shifted and into um, a rebirth. And it's now known as Kindred Medicine. Um, and Kindred Medicine is an ever-evolving sacred space um, community of Black, Indigenous, and POC healers that hold space for our beloved communities with the intention of decolonizing our healing and medicine. It is a space of remembering and um, reclaiming our traditions as, um, as medicine, as the standard. Um, and I, it's always interesting. I feel like my work is so personal in that um, the more that I'm committed to my own healing and my own journey, um, both of my businesses, Embodied Truth Healing and Psychological yeah. Services and Kindred Medicine are also ever evolving. And so Kindred Medicine has been shifting into a space for the healers to do the work that is necessary so that we can hold space for our, our beloved communities without causing more harm as much as possible. I love that. I, I love the way that it's evolved, even when I, I was a witness to the name change and being mm -hmm. a part of that network. Um, I was still in San Diego at the time. This was before, That's right. I would say in the point of origins also for Hey Hiller. Hey Hiller was just e-commerce and then um, I was inspired by just everything that was happening and a lot of shifts and pivots in my time. I joined your network and then opened a brick and mortar. And so Hey Healer and Healing Color, mm -hmm. <laughs> Healing Color was definitely uh, a part of the springboard for Hey Healer <laughs> and being having something tangible for people, you know, in a location that I was familiar with being in the South and all my undergrad and my HBCU experiences there. And, and then eventually shifting back here to the West Coast and bridging together um, what that kindred medicine looks like. Kindred, family, kindred, kinfolk exactly. as well. I'm so, oh God, I'm so happy. I, I love the name change alone. Me too, me too. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask a, a very tangible, like a piece of medicine, and this is like real-time application, especially for those of us who are in service to others in community, in healing, in the esoteric field, in mind, body, in mental medicine. Being open to, I, the word you used was shifting and evolving and expanding. Sometimes we can be so, um, ooh, what word, Kara? We, we could be so dogmatic in, our, in the way that we offer our medicine that we miss the pivot mm -hmm. and the shift to expand with not just like people, but culture mm -hmm. as well. So, and, and this is like as simple as going from healing color to kindred medicine. Mm -hmm. Can you give just a couple of nuggets 
you know, to those entrepreneurs and business owners and, and therapists and, you know, spirit entrepreneurs, just, just what that process could feel like and what we can lean more into in allowing our gifts and our businesses to shift with culture and give the people what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think this is a really powerful question um, because, you know, what I haven't really spoken publicly about is why the name change came about. Um, it came about because there was another organization that had a similar name that felt like there would be some confusion um, yeah. for the, you know, for the community, for the public. And, um, you know, at first, my inclination was to fight for the name. Um, and through like meditation, consultation, support from loved ones, um, I realized that the first name was always just a placeholder. And, and then I was able to face that attachment and move into something that felt more true and felt more resonant and more authentic. Um, when I say kindred medicine, I often get chills. Um, so for me, the tangible piece is about understanding our relationship to attachment, the, the things that we, um, the things that I, I, I feel like attachment and, and resistance are homies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like attachment, resistance, and capitalism are mm-hmm. also um, homies. They kick it. Yeah. And when we attach to things, when we have unhealthy attachments to things, I feel like it's more difficult to be fluid. It's more difficult to expand. Um, it makes me think of like... Um, a snake shedding. I have, uh-huh. I have a, I have a really good friend who has snakes. Um, they're my nephew and niece, um, baby snakes. <laughs> and oh, wow. I've learned a lot about them in, you know, just sort of like having a new experience. And when snakes are shedding skin, they, they isolate, um, they, they don't like to be touched and the skin even covers their eyes, this new skin that they're growing into, right? And they're shedding the skin so that they can expand into the new skin that fits, that, that is more true to their growth and their size. And when that's happening, their, um, their eyes are covered. So if you make a sudden move toward a, a snake that is in this shedding process, it'll strike, right? Because it can't see what's going on. It, the, their vision is really, really cloudy and foggy. And then after the shedding happens, they come out and they're wearing their new skin. Um, and so I share that metaphor as an example of the process that I think that we um, constantly have to invite ourselves into. It's the the retreat and the oh. check-in and the reflection um, and knowing when to step back because our vision is cloudy um, so that we don't strike so that we can be mindful and um, have a deeper clarity 
um, about where we're going, about our size, so we can remember our size, so we can remember our Ooh. I am. Oh my God. And then we come back out with this new skin, this new name, these new tools. Um, I think that part is so deeply important and it really does help to cultivate the healthier um, relationship with attachment. Sheena. Dr. Sheena. I'm here, boo. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, I got to, I got to swallow. I got to, I got to. Okay. 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 <laughs> I honor pauses. I, I know it's not popular on podcasts and recordings and talks, but listen, I am not afraid of silence and letting mm-hmm. spirit breathe. Right. When, I mean, and that's what we're talking about, right? Oh my God. Listen, mm-hmm. let, let me tell you what you just did for me. I've been talking about snake medicine for years. I don't own a snake. I don't want to be near a snake. (laughs) (laughs) I had a snake experience in med school in San Diego, the year I met your healers network. Mm -hmm. A classmate brought a snake in and I I haven't even told this story um, like to a a mass amount of people, like only a handful of people know. And that's like my colleagues, my best friend that was there. But a classmate brought a snake in. She has pet everything just pets that you just shouldn't have for pets (laughs) and I was like really bothered that day that she brought this freaking snake to class and nobody said anything and it was just okay and I and and the class was like a transpersonal meditative Mm -hmm. it was called transpersonal meditation and psychology that was the class we were taking it was part of our clinical curriculum I'm already feeling away because the mm-hmm. class is in my business and opening me up. Of course. And she brings the snake in. His name was Randolph. Oh my God. It was all black and it reached for me and I had to hold it and I had to, because it kept hitting the cage because it wanted to get out and get to me. And she said, I just need you to stand like a tree. Just be still and, and let it let it wrap itself around you mm-hmm. ever since that experience and this was 2015 I have been ebbing and flowing out of snake medicine I talk about snake shedding all of the time mm-hmm. um, but you just brought this so very tangibly home for me in a way that I just I didn't even know I needed this till I heard it mm-hmm. I started offering or I was doing retreats like since 2012 and I just expanded deeper into that practice of retreating and talking about retreats and snake medicine and I just have to repeat this one part you said they don't like to be touched the skin that they're shedding into covers their eyes as they're expanding into this new skin and if there's any kind of interference, they may strike, mm-hmm. but they honor, they they honor it, and in the space that they're in needs to be honored as well for the people that are witnessing. God, it's just so right. Much. It's just yeah. so much. It's so. It's funny. a sacred time. It is a mm-hmm. sacred time. It is. That's the word I was looking for. 
the sacredness in all of this, just all of this, from heal and color to kindred medicine to decoration to going from su- just surviving to surrendering mm-hmm. uh, in tradition, all of it is sacred. It's, it's all sacred. It's all a part of our story. Right. Oh, God. Right. And I think as healers, we owe we owe our communities like ourselves, but also we owe our communities um, the the promise of committing to our work in that yeah. way, you know. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I had like three other questions after that, and I just I just goodness I just have to give energy to that that alone. I want to um, ask, like in present, this present time, um, today, and in like what you have projected or what you're moving into um, in this next quarter. Honestly, mm-hmm. what do you feel yourself shedding into? What what can you mm-hmm. feel, and maybe not just for yourself personally, but for community as well? Yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, I can't believe that it's June already. Um, you know, they say the older you get, the, the faster time flies. Um, and I'm so experiencing that. And my relationship with time um, is is uh, feeling more complex. And at the same time, um, there's an ease um, that I'm experiencing that I haven't before. Um, I think the skin, not I think, I know, I know that I am constantly in a space of shedding and it used to be the case that I could um, anticipate the times of year that I'm in this process. Yeah. Um, but lately it feels constant. And so I'm working on... Um, not fearing what I look like on the other side of the expansion because it's it feels like in many ways it's something that's going to happen <laughs> regardless. I can either just hold myself um, open to it. Um, I can stretch with it, stretch into it, um, or I can be afraid and I'm choosing to not be afraid. Um, yeah, and I feel like that is just a small, um, a tiny reflection of the opportunity opportunity that's available to us as community um, to like stretch and reach back, um, be curious, explore, right? All that that we have available to us and our remembering um, and our creating because that part is important too. Uh, my ancestors <laughs> recently told me, they said, watch your mouth, how often you complain or speak against what you want um, and sometimes what you have. And they said, create, create instead. So I see we have, um, we're straddling you know, the remembering and the creating this community. That's so good. Watch your mouth. Be mindful of how much and what you're complaining about and create Mm -hmm. more. 
Yeah. I say I received that. Um, I'm going to say a couple of statements. I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank or okay. complete the statement. Um, don't worry. Think too much. Okay. <laughs> but I will, you know, still with the intentional pause because I, I definitely honor that. So um, in order to continue this journey of healing and service, I realized that I must what? Commit to my own healing. Commit to my own healing. Uh, okay, I'm swallowing that. Another one. A session, an experience, a gathering with me feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels like a rare love. Ooh, that's juicy. Okay. <laughs> a rare love. I the precipice of mm-hmm. I am on the precipice of being seen in my power. Ooh, okay. Last one. <laughs> This more so is an expansion. One of my favorite quotes by Denise Froman says, the wound may not be your fault, but healing is your responsibility. Can you alchemize that and give that back to us for this time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to breathe into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I want to send it back as an offering to um, be in community and relationship with the wound, with the tenderness, um, and to hold it as it heals. Hold it as it heals. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to touch it. Right. Yeah. Afraid to lay hands on yourself. Mm-hmm. Gosh, thank you for all of this. And um, really just honored that the crossing of our past was intentional. I'm also grateful to the ancestors for, you know, the patience and um, just the care and the sacredness, you know, that we have been pushed in and how we handle each other, how we handle ourselves first, but also how we handle each other. I'm going to ask you to just share with someone that might be listening who is looking for a place, a psychologist, a couch, a mat, <laughs> uh, a floor to lay on, and they're leaning more, more in your direction from hearing your vibration, your tone, your frequency. Um, how can they go about making the first step to reach for you? Mm-hmm. And where can they find some of your work? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I really try my best to be all of me in any space that I occupy. So the easiest way to be close with me is um, on Instagram. 
Um, and I think that you'll find that um, it feels true to the experience that you might be having and sharing this space with me. I can be found at Embodied Truth Healing on Instagram. Um, my website is the same, www.embodiedtruthhealing.com. Um, I offer a few different healing programs, um, one of which is called Healing on the Mat. It's a 10-week holistic healing workshop series. Love it. Um, for survivors of sexual trauma. And um, you can find out more about that in the link in my bio on Instagram or on my website. And then if you're interested in connecting at Kindred Medicine, the handle is at Kindred Medicine. Um, and I also have a storytelling podcast. Um, season one, I took a break, break from it, but um, you can find that wherever you get your podcast as well. Yay. I love it. I am, I really need to go into Kindred Medicine and, and look at, look around again <laughs> as well. I have some healers that I definitely want to connect to you. Um, and this is just me being selfish in this moment because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I feel a way about my circle and the people that I'm connected to. So I, I filter out who I share and give access to those things. I hear you. Um, I, that's, that's another Southern trait as well. <laughs> but um, I will say uh, I, I know a handful of people that need to know you and need your services. I don't come from a place of lack. So I am a giver. I'm a lover. And I believe in pointing people in the direction of spaces and people who are going to reflect back to them the, their best selves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're connected. It ain't all going to come from me. So um, thank you for honoring this space. Thank you for saying yes. Uh, As always, and as we did on the live, I'm going to ask you to take us out with uh, a focus, a meditation, a quote, a poem, something, you know, from your vibration, from your voice. And uh, we'll receive that in this moment. Yes. Thank you for that invitation. Um, so I would love to bring us into a moment of pause, a moment of intentional presence in our bodies. And I invite anyone who can hear the sound of my voice to um, bring yourself into feeling the earth beneath you or a piece of furniture. Noticing all the sounds, those that are coming from outside you, and also maybe seeing if you can hear the sound of your breath. And just simply taking three full breaths, whatever that means for you in this now, sometimes just that commitment can shift something taking a moment to breathe three times. And as you're breathing, I'm happy to share a little something with you if I can find it really quickly. Mm. 
so this is something that um, that I came that came to me when I was holding space, and I just find it so much find so much relevance for it. And it says, this is for the healing. We are here for you. We are proud of you. You are doing the thing we couldn't do and we respect you. Let fear not corrupt your healing. You are worthy to be fearless in your body. It is yours after all. Can you be in it like you mean it? Be in it like you mean it and know that we are here. We mean it. We love you. Ashe. Ashe. Woo. Ashe. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Oh, my gosh. You. I always try to get out of here with, like, not my eyes burning and not a tear. Um, <laughs> I should just give it up. This, right. this was amazing. This, this was definitely amazing. I'm going to put my request in right now. I don't know when, but I want to do this again. I got you. And um, I want to come lay on that mat. Um, I'll take the virtual experience for now. But, oh, gosh. Thank you so much for this. Uh, follow Dr. and Body Truth Healing. And if you weren't paying attention to any of those links and all the arms that she extended for us to reach for her, find Hey Healer, and I will point you in the direction. And Dr. Sheena, I want you to stay lifted, and I want you to be well, and I want you to know how validated and loved and needed you are. So thank you for today. Thank you. Thank you, and sending that right back to you. All right. Signing off. Be well. Peace.